All right. Well, we're all coffeeed up. That's helpful. Uh, somewhat. Need that on Friday afternoon, don't you? After a long day of class, yeah. Yeah. What'd you guys do this week in the boat building class? Um, let's see. We nailed down a bunch of planks, uh, tightened up rivets, clinch nails. Uh, and those are on the Indian River skiffs? Yeah, on the Indian River skiffs. Yep. Uh, getting a console fared out. Uh, we did a, a fairing stain on a center console for the H2O that we mm-hmm. Um What else did we do? I don't know. It was a long week. Can't remember. Four days, it was a long week. <laughs> yeah, funny how that works. Yeah. Well, you got to use those four days to make up for the day we had off on Monday. Yeah, you know, it was a couple of classroom sessions. Uh, worked on engine alignments. And yeah, setting. engine alignment. That's always good. Uh, yeah. Getting uh, shaft lined up and trying to find the right rudder for a Chris Craft. Yeah, finding parts and making sure things fit together. That's like a lot of the projects, aren't it? It's a challenge. It? Yeah. It's a challenge, yeah. Yeah, well, over in the Marine Service Shop this week, we've been kind of uh, – Prepping for the ABYC Marine Electrical Test. Fun. Yeah. So we've been going through uh, shore power systems and um, uh, our favorite uh, loose neutral question <laughs> on the 240-120 split systems. So we've been doing a lot of study and trying to get the class prepped for that. But otherwise, it's been good. Weather's been good. We're getting yeah. the, uh, the old uh, Chris Craft Model 1 rigged up. So yep. we put a fuel pump in that. and Nice refasten that chine plank and so i think we'll be ready to launch it here fairly soon and yeah, we'll be ready yeah. for the uh boat show in hessel in august yeah so. we're, we'll get uh, both classes together uh monday tuesday weather yep. permitting and do a, a check on that shaft alignment and fun stuff like that yeah it's a 93 year old boat and i don't think it's been uh probably been aligned in quite a while <laughs> doesn't look like it no nope. the little rubber boots got quite an s-curve to it yep well we'll fix her up <laughs> yeah so all right. Well, I have a question for you, and this is something that's been kind of rattling around in my mind. Based on the class lectures I have, um, one of the things I'm always famous for, and you'll hear my class say this, is I'll be doing a lecture and I'll say, you know, this should not exist or this should be illegal. And it's always in reference to something that people do on boats um, or manufacturers do to boats. I'm not going to call it any names. Um, this is just a general statement. It's not directed at anyone. Um, but I wanted to ask you that. If you were to choose something that Eric could make illegal yeah. in the marine industry or on boats specific, what would that be? Only one thing. Well, we'll start with, <laughs> we'll start with one. Okay. Uh, uh, well, I'll tell you. I know what mine is. Uh, I'll tell you what. I, I, I'll go with the same thing I'm pretty sure you know, uh, what, think, what I think you're uh, going for. I'm going to say 5,200. Uh, you know, that's a big one. Oh, I'm fighting words. A lot of people are going to be <laughs> mad about that because, uh, honestly, though, um, you know, we're, we're finding a lot of issues with uh, uh, stuff that have been bedded in 5,200. Um, you go to the, the 3M website on it, and uh, they don't give an elasticity rating. Mm-hmm. It. Uh, it was designed to be an adhesive, and it's a great adhesive. There's a lot of places where I would use it. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's, but, it sticks things when you don't want to ever come back apart. Oh, yeah. I had a cousin put a motor on the back of a boat uh, on a Friday, and somebody came in on Saturday, took the clamps off, put it in the water. And, oh, you know, yeah. This is a 90-horse engine, and it stayed on the back of the boat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Runabout. You don't even you need know. bolts for no 5200. That's scary. So, <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's good. It's great stuff, but it, it's it's misused a 
lot. Uh, so, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, wood shrinks and swells. So we're finding a lot of uh, planks that are cracking mm -hmm. uh, due to, you know, the wood moves more than the 5200 will allow it to. Yep. Um, you know, it's, it's Yeah, you definitely need to be careful with um, yeah. how, it's, how that stuff's used. Yeah. So it pro probably something like that. Gotcha. You know, how about you? You're probably same thing or something, something different. Carpet. Carpet. Oh, God, yes, carpet. <laughs> Why would you put carpet in a boat? Um, uh, I don't like carpet on boats. Man, I tell you what, I feel like uh, particularly going through the Marine Service program here over the last couple of years with the students, like every boat we crawl around on, you know, and these are typically older boats. They're, you know, pre-2000. Right, right. But, man, every boat that's got carpet in it, I don't care if it's a wood boat or fiberglass or whatever it is, metal i mean not even just used for um you know a flooring material but you see people use carpet for padding under fuel tanks and oh, stuff God. like that abyc says you're not allowed to do that no poultice corrosion yeah poultice <laughs> corrosion but just it holds moisture and the only day it's nice to have carpet on board a boat in my opinion is the day it leaves the factory yeah well that's about how long it smells clean too yeah that's true yeah, yeah it's, uh, so um yeah, that'd be mine. But anyway, I just wanted to ask you that because <laughs> that's something, you know, I'll, uh, in one of my lectures, I, uh, I'll almost always say, yeah, and you know what? Carpet should be illegal on boats. It's <laughs> right, usually yeah. after we read the ABYC standard about why we're not supposed to use it for fuel tank padding. Oh, man. But, hey, um, that's crazy. I can't yeah. believe anybody would use it for fuel tank padding, you know, honestly. Well, you know, but yet yeah, they do. They I get I creative. Know, like, yeah, somebody, oh, yeah, this will keep it from rubbing. You yeah. Know? And it's not even, uh, you know, sometimes things are just uh, uh, a lack of education on the um, the right ways to do things, which yeah, the marine industry has traditionally not been good on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and, and that's uh, that is a big issue. Something we're trying to that. change here, you know. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I just thought that'd be kind of fun to ask you that. But <laughs> so anyway, you know, this being our first uh, round at a podcast, I wanted to kind of ask you some questions so that. Um, Anybody, anybody who's listening in can get an idea of who both of us are. Um, and so, Eric, I know you've been working on boats pretty much your entire life, but uh, how did you get into the business of working on boats? Well, originally, I think about six years old, I had spent my uh, couple, several weeks worth of allowance. I had a very uh, small allowance at the time. Uh, you know, like a dollar a week. But I saved up my allowance and I got my first subscription to Yachting Magazine. Because I think I, at that time, I just thought I decided I'd really like to be a yacht designer. Uh, and actually, I still kind of would like to be something like that. But, you know, more studying. But uh, uh, over time, you know, my father owned a charter boat and we had uh, spent um, uh, an entire summer when I was 13 uh, at a marina here in Michigan uh, fishing. Uh, and my dad being a carpenter, my grandfather, my great grandfather, uh, so on. But you know, the the marina owner knew that uh, my dad being a carpenter, we had, had some boats that needed some fixing. Um, they were a Thompson dealer. Some cabinets came in on a boat that didn't work right. Uh, there was an old Owens, uh, probably a thirty-five foot flagship, something like that, needed a plank on the side. Mm -hmm. uh, so we started doing some work on that. It just kind of got me hooked. Uh, other than that, just being a dock brat, helping out the guys that are, you know, loading, unloading boats when I was around, you know, from the marina and then started hanging around in the uh, mechanics shop, started uh, picking up a little bit about engine uh, repairs. Yeah, tinker so, here and there. Tinker here and there, and, and we all uh, started going to 
uh, college at U of M and uh, wasn't too sure about that and thought, you know, I'll make a little extra money on the side, started fixing some boats, hence the start of my business and at age 19 dropped out of college and uh, went full time into boat building and restoration. Yep. So, and been at it ever since uh, in some capacity or another. Yeah, so how many boats have you, I know how many you've restored, but how many do you think you've worked on? Oh, God. Got, I, I got couldn't even count. Shot in the dark, 600, 800, I, I don't know. It's in the mechanics end of it, they come in, you line them up three at a time, diagnose sure. them, uh, order parts, send them out the door. You yeah, know, that, that's service, rotating over on a stuff, daily yeah. basis, yep. you know. Um, it's kind of crazy, so... I, I don't know, 500, 800. So and how about your wood boat restorations? How many of those have you done? Over 300. Yeah, um, I mean, not just <laughs> not just Chris Crafts, not, you know, stuff like that, centuries or whatever. You know, I, I work for everybody. You know, I had yeah. people come to me with uh, Carter Craft kit boats, uh, Deltas, Wage Makers, Hot Mold Applies, did them all. Um, so I got uh, uh, canvas covered canoes, uh, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. You know, a little variety makes uh makes the job nice you know yep for sure no that's that's sort of the same for me yeah that's makes life wonderful yeah you know, for people who you know don't like to do the same thing every day <laughs> yep that's definitely part of the fun i mean for me you know one of the reasons i think you and i get along so well is we had sort of a similar start um you know we weren't into charter fishing or anything like that but i grew up you know, in upstate New York, we were right on Lake Ontario. Um, the first boat I remember having a ride in was my dad's 14 foot Starcraft. Um, and it had that motor on it. Um, 1958 Johnson Seahorse, Johnson Seahorse 18. <laughs> um, that's now sitting here in the office. It still runs. It's going to hit the lake again this summer. Nice. Um, but that's the first boat I remember. And when I was about, oh, probably. 10 years old or so, my aunt and uncle would take me on camping trips and we would go up to uh, the St. Lawrence River nice. that borders New York and Canada. and um, History rich. Yeah, and a huge, not just wood boat place, but a huge boat place. Yeah. And we were camping up there, I believe I was about 10 years old, and um, my uncle took me on a rainy day to the Antique Boat Museum that was there. And that was interesting for me, even at that young age, because I thought, wow, I never knew you could actually... I never knew there were such a thing as a, as a wood boat. And now there's buildings full of them, you know, and they all look like they're fast and all that kind of stuff. And I grew up tinkering with my dad and my uncle and my brother and uh, my grandfather and all them just, you know, working on whatever, you know, working on that motor, working on the old snowmobile, whatever it was. Yeah, you just fix things. Yeah, and I remember the whole truck ride back from the museum. Well, we did go on a boat ride actually there. Nice. Um, you know, they had boats for tour, and my uncle paid for that. We went out for a 40-minute cruise on the river in a um, Hackercraft triple cockpit. and um, It's a good introduction. <laughs> that was a pretty good introduction, yeah. That's that's a, that's definitely a, what you'd call a formative memory. Um, but the entire way back, he was telling me about growing up in the 50s and late 40s and talking about how they used to, you know, leave the city of Rochester and... They all had little boats that they would build out of popular mechanics magazines or whatever on the weekends. They'd either be fishing or they'd be racing them, you know, just oh, so you know, find a find a buoy or whatever. And, um, you know, to be able to go through the museum and him be like, oh, I used to have one of those motors, you know, and it's a Mercury <laughs> Super 10 Hurricane. So it was interesting to do that. And that kind of got me thinking about, you know, maybe I should see if I can build one of these things like, you know, do like what he did. 
So my dad was supportive of it, and we bought a set of plans from Glen Al. Nice. We built a 10-foot squirt. Uh, we started it when I was about 13, and um, we re- restored that motor. It was in perfectly good running condition, but we repainted it and everything. Oh, nice. Got that going, and uh, I just kind of always knew at that point I wanted to wanted to do this in some form, and um, I actually came here to the Great Lakes Boat Building School um, out of high school. My dad sort of uh, pushed me in this direction. Um, I'm glad he did at this point. And um, at the time, went through the two-year boat building program and then uh, went back to New York State, but over by Lake George. Uh, worked with Reuben Smith at Tumble Home Boat Shop for about nice. four years. Nice. Great and, shop. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, one of the things I'm definitely thankful for from that experience was being exposed to tons of different stuff. I had to do old engines and new engines. and Nice. Um new boats and old boats and like you it was variety yeah you know, we um you learn a lot too we, oh absolutely i mean every single day was you know um i always felt like i i had to put a lot of effort in and still do to to make sure i know what i need to know to right right get the job done then it was you know working on those boats and these days it's making sure i know what i need to know to pass it on to this class um but that's kind of how i got into it and yeah, then I got uh, sucked back into the school. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I say, the school's lucky to have you. So, well, um, and you. It's, uh, do you still have the squirt? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't fit it in anymore. <laughs> um, you know, I've, uh, yeah, I don't fit it in anymore. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> the ideal boat for a 13-year-old uh, is not the ideal boat for uh, a, a no, fully no, grown no. person. But um, <laughs> still have the boat. It's in the, it's in the barn right now. It's it's kept nice and dry. And, you know, the motor lives there. That's going to go on the, probably the StarCraft this summer. And, oh, there you go. Um, run that around, fish out of it a little bit. Uh, work the cobs out. It's been a couple of years since it's run, but it's high time. Yeah, yeah. They, they need to be run. Worst thing for them is to sit for a long time. That's true. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. No shortage of oil in those, though. 24 to 1 oh, max. Oh, no. yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, were, you were lucky to be able to come to uh, uh, Great Lakes Boat Building School, any school, um, you know, to learn something about it. I, I didn't have that option. It was uh, yeah. a little difficult. I I had already started my business when uh, a gentleman uh, was introduced to me. He just moved to the area from Maine, um, and he had uh, worked as a shipwright for New Burton Wallace. Um, oh, yeah, kinda, out in Maine, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He kind of mentored me, taught me a lot of uh, stuff. We always complained about the runabouts being baby boats, you know, with three-eighths thick planks, seven-sixteenths. For sure. You know, he was used to three-inch thick stuff. They built the last wooden sideline trawler on the East Coast, you know. So I got a picture of him someplace uh, launching it. He was cutting the blocks on the ways. The, yeah. We saw that down just even where the thing skews sideways, slip going down the slip and uh, can tip over. It's kind of a dangerous job. Yeah. But uh, there's some danger in the job. Oh, yeah. Well, they got her done back in the day, too. Oh, that's for sure. You know. He used to say when when uh, uh, the, the boats were wood and the men were steel, he said, now the boats are steel and the men are cupcakes. That was his phraseology <laughs> at it. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, definitely an old Mainer then. Yeah, huh? Oh, yeah. He was an old Mainer knight, so yeah. that's for sure. So I think we kind of touched on it a little bit, but uh, what, what draws you 
I mean, we know what drew you to the marine industry now, but uh, what do you like about it and what makes you keep enjoying it? You know, aside from the variety, um, you know, there's always new stuff. You know, we're finding out that, you know, the old ways weren't necessarily uh, the bad way. Um, you know, uh, mixing of uh, modern technology and materials with uh, uh, wood as a, using wood as a renewable resource. We're making lots of progress in that. Um, uh, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of interesting changes coming. Um, and that's exciting. Um, still being a traditionalist at heart, you know, I love my traditionally built stuff, but, yep. uh, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of potential for, you know, uh, things like, uh, uh, cold molded boats and, you know, poplar fast growing, you know, you're keeping the moisture mostly out with the epoxy. It's just as durable as a fiberglass mm-hmm. boat or anything else out there. Yep. As long as you can keep the moisture out. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's just maintenance, <laughs> just like anything. You know, like yeah, that's you true. Got, I mean, yeah. everybody overlooks the maintenance factor. But. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of maintenance in any boat. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, how about you? What about you? Well, same question. Yeah. I mean, um, for me, it's definitely the variety as well. Uh, someone told me, um, early on that I may not make millions of dollars in the marine industry, but I'm going to um, have a lot of fun and I'm going to be in it with people that are in it because it's enjoyable. Yes. And it's not that there's no work because a lot of it is work and there's a decent amount of it that's frustrating, but it's been very true. I think, you know, outside of the actual physical working on the boats, I think that um, I've been able to have more fun experiences and meet more interesting people, both owners and other industry folks and all that kind of stuff than I would have otherwise. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's just fun. I mean, I, I get to, and I tell the students this too, I get to play above my pay grade, you know, <laughs> right, right. customer comes in and brings you a boat and you work on it and well, it's not going to see trial itself. I better take it out there and see what it'll do. Right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and most of the time I'm doing that on boats that I could never hope to afford. So um, that's not a bad thing either. So I really enjoy that aspect of it. But like you, there's, there is so much stuff to know. Um, I really can't think of another trade that requires you to be good, not a master, but to be so, to, to be so well-rounded in terms of different um, skills. Yeah. I yeah. mean, even if you're in a fiberglass boat shop, you got to know some woodworking. You got to know some fiberglass, epoxy, oh, um, electrical, all kinds electrical, of Electrical, yeah. mechanical, plumbing, um, uh, paint. There's just, uh, you know, every single skill you get is going to help you. Um, and boats have become such complicated things. And there's so few people to do the work right now. Yeah. That there's no shortage of stuff um, to learn and know how to do and improve at. And truthfully, the industry is so broad. What other industry is is so broad in terms of scope? Uh, right. Of, uh, certainly not know. the automotive industry. You get a job there, well, you might start out working on the uh, maybe the assembly line. Sure. You know, if you go get a degree in engineering and you you know uh, you know, and then you can work a little bit on the design stuff. Yeah. You know, but it's 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 very unusual, and there's. There's so many different types of boats out there, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. a pontoon boat or a, a three-masted sailing schooner or yeah. a racing runabout or, or, or a trawler. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And they, they all have their own, you know, special stuff to know. And, um, you know, that's that's what I love about it. There's never, 
there's never a shortage of stuff to know. There's never a shortage of people to meet and uh, friends to make. And, it, you know, for as big of an industry as it is, it is such a small industry. Yeah, it is just like a, <laughs> everybody, everybody knows like, everybody. Everybody knows everybody. <laughs> and, um, you know, I really can't say I've met that many bad apples. It's, you know, what I was told at 18 years old, you know, you're going to you're gonna have fun because you're going to be in the industry with people that also want to have fun. I yeah. mean, that's well, the it, case. And, and that's, that's God's truth. You're in the industry because you like the industry. Yeah. You don't say, oh, I'm stuck being, you know, a boat builder or a boat mechanic or I work at a Well, I have said that on some days. Sometimes well, there's something that won't start and, <laughs> you know, I'm at the end of my rope. But We all have those days. I yeah. mean, every job has those days. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but uh, you know, it's it's always interesting, and you know, it, it makes you feel good when you get up in the morning to to go to work, um, like you're going to do something worthwhile, right? You know, and and you know, and, and the other thing, one thing that I always like to do, you know, um, when you're working on a boat, you're not just working on a boat; you're not fixing what the customer uh, has uh, asked you to, even though you are. You're, you're a set of eyes, trained professional mm-hmm. eyes, and you're there to help assure safety. Yeah. You know, you really have to kind and of keep an eye out. You know. Yeah, right. You know, if you see something, you don't want to keep your eyes open. If you see something that isn't uh, quite up to snuff uh, yeah. or even questionable, you know, it's uh, water's not our natural environment, you know, so. Yeah, uh, no, it's, it's really true, and there's a lot of stuff to go wrong out there on boats, particularly you know, the technology that's coming into boats is incredible. Yeah. I mean, you know, love it, hate it, or indifferent. <laughs> I think I know where you stand. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there's so much stuff on board a boat right now, and electrical systems have exploded in oh, terms yeah. of the new boat market, the amount of uh, demand out there for different types of gadgets and, um, and devices and, and power demands. It's made boats exponentially more complicated mechanically and electrically than they ever used to be. Oh, yeah. And even hull design-wise, you know, that stuff has to be set up to take all that. So, um, again, I'll just come back to it's fun because every single day I have to force myself to learn something new because I can't think of another business or another another, um, vocation that requires me to know so much different stuff yeah and, and you still can't think of a different vocation or another line of work that you'd rather do that's true yeah 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 in fact um that's kind of the downside i mean i'm gonna go buy my uh i'm gonna go buy another broken boat this afternoon so. <laughs> and it's blue <laughs> i have yeah. a superstition for you know the few people that, that might actually listen to this that know me um you know, it, I, I'm not a fan of blue boats, and it was probably a superstition passed on by my mentor from Maine, uh, who said blue, blue blue boats are bad luck. Okay, you so, keep in mind you're wearing all blue right now. I love blue. I love it. I okay. just don't like it on a boat. <laughs> it's yeah. just, I, I just get uh, you know it raises the hair in the back of my neck. I, I hear you. When we go out uh, next week sailing on Gannett, a uh, little uh, uh, fourteen foot uh, Gunter rigs uh, sloop. Uh, with the students here, um, you know, it, it was cursed right from the get-go that the mast was built upside down. So the the gaff doesn't uh, slide up and down the mast very well. Uh, it's difficult to raise the mainsail. Uh, and it's a blue boat, so, you know, go figure. Hmm. You know, figure, you know, there's there's a problem there. Well, <laughs> Association yeah. by... Uh, I feel like you would have got, you would have got along great with uh, Matt Harishoff. Oh, probably. When he said... Uh, <laughs> There's only two colors to paint a boat, 
white and black, but only a damn fool would paint one black. <laughs> That'd be me, the damn fool, because yeah. I have a black one. Well, that's true. You have a black coat. <laughs> so maybe you wouldn't have got along so well. But anyway. Uh, but that's okay. I don't mind being called a fool. Yeah. Uh, you know, it is. So I probably, probably am. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what would you say to anybody that wanted to get into that type of this type of an industry? I'd say uh, go to school, learn some stuff. You know, there's uh, four accredited schools in the country. Um, you know, you have plenty of job opportunities. Uh, learn as much as you can. Both sides, I mean, whether it be the actual boat building or marine mechanics, uh, either or, um, or both. Um, you know, it depends on the size of the shop you go to. Um, you know, if you love boats, if you love the atmosphere, uh, uh, the people, um, you know, the boat life is a, it's a different style. And, um, you know, I definitely say try to get a little bit of an education on it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, or maybe serve an apprenticeship with somebody. Um, try it out. I mean, you know, it, it might not be for you. Um, but most likely you're probably going to love it if you like boats and you like the water. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's definitely no shortage out there of, of work to do. Um, yeah, I mean, and even the manufacturers, you know, when we uh, oh, yeah. had the opportunity to go visit Tierra and we've had intrepid power boats up here, you know, to visit us, Ken Clinton. Ilmore, you know, uh, Ilmore. Yeah, Ilmore, Mercury, all these people, every, you know, even the manufacturers are just screaming for help. Yeah. And um, you really can write your own ticket right now, that's for sure. Yeah. And, and you know, like any industry, there's ups and downs. And right now we're... Always uh, is. We're uh, still climbing the wave, I think. You know, it yep. kind of feels like, but uh, uh, it'll settle and it level out. But uh, uh, we had such an incredible technician and boat builder shortage even before yeah, yeah. the COVID wave and everything right. else. I mean, yeah. you know, and then COVID just pushed it over. Economies the edge. always rise and fall, but you know, yeah. I think right now is a is a good time, no matter what. Yeah, I, I think it'll stabilize <clears throat> to um, a. Uh, good but steady position after a little while get another year or two and you know, things will settle a little bit but yeah it'll maybe, be nice maybe to be it able won't to buy be, parts again yeah right maybe maybe <laughs> it won't be a two-year wait for a new motor it'll only be a you know nine month wait or something yeah. like that you know uh hopefully <laughs> yeah they'll catch up eventually i'm sure yeah. but um yeah i mean it's it's, been <clears> fun. it's crazy yeah i so, ordered a gauge uh for a project a while back and it took uh uh, almost six months to get a gauge from mm -hmm. Sierra. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, they must be all going to new boats. Yeah, I'll tell you. Yeah. But. Yeah. So, um, as far as the upcoming stuff, we're getting ready to take the um, Nermi, the Model 1 Chris Craft that was donated to us by Wallstrom Marine, uh, Ward Wallstrom. Uh, we're getting ready to take that to the Hessel Boat Show here in August. Yeah. And, um that's a cool old boat, you know, designed, um, it was Chris Craft Model 1, so that was a 1929. Nermi is a, let's see, hull number 1867. Oh, she's a beaut. Um, and so original. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably, I mean, have, you probably have, but have you seen a more untouched boat? Not, not in that good a condition. Yeah. Not in that good a condition. Yeah, other than refasting that chine plank and, yeah. um, Maybe one or two other spots. I mean, it does need some help. No, well, I mean, it, so 1929. I mean, yeah, you got but it. I mean, for a 93 year old boat, it's you know, it starts up and runs. It's got the original Chrysler Royal inline six in it, yeah. JM 82. Yeah. Um, 
Spark <clears throat> Advance on the wheel. <laughs> that yeah. kind of confused the students a little bit. Oh, yeah. What Spark Advance? Mostly, you know, a boat like that. Uh, well, the 1930 model year um, had automatic Spark Advance, but not 1929. So, <laughs> But, yeah, so we're getting ready to throw that thing in the lake and test run it. Yeah. And that's going to be at the Hessel Boat Show. That'll be fun. Um, yeah, I've been trying to uh, get a little water in it and get her swelling up a little. Yep, it's been in the water in quite a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just a double plank bottom. It originally had canvas underneath, but at this point, it's probably pretty dried out and crumbled. Yep. Um, but she'll still swell tight. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a pretty impressive boat. It's pretty impressive for a boat that, you know, they did not expect to live 93 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, going through some of the old literature and stuff like that from the from the rudder magazine, um, motorboating magazine, stuff like that back in the day, you know, Chris Craft bottoms, well, the boats themselves were not, they were basically, they were expendable. Yeah, they I were mean, a 10-year bottom. It was a 10-year bottom. bottom. You know, I believe there was an advertisement from Garwood saying that, you know, theirs would go 11 to 12 years, <laughs> something like that. That, that competition. Yeah, was so the fact that, blood. you know, and the fact that they were taking, um, this one's 93 years old and there are several others out there, you know, it speaks to maintenance. Like oh, yeah. you said earlier, everything's yeah. got to be maintained. Yeah. Even the fiberglass boats. Oh, you betcha. Yep. So, so. We, we got, uh, over next week coming up, we'll have, uh, uh, my students were working on some estimates this week. Uh, we had a twenty-seven foot cruiser in the backyard, yeah. Chris Craft, the last of its uh, yeah. last of its model. Number seven fifty, a number seven fifty. Yeah, it was a pretty cool boat. She, she's uh, uh, pretty rough, uh, but uh, the, 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 I broke it down to sections where they can. Uh, uh, one team, I, get, I gave a team uh, the bottom to do because it's kind of a, a big deal. Uh, yeah. On the bottom, uh, another student got uh, port side, starboard side. They're going to do estimates for those. Uh, another student got the interior to do to refinish. Uh, awesome. You know, so they're getting different uh, experiences. And they all got a, what we call an LRS, uh, uh, Learning Resource System, um, where they, they get to do an estimate on doing trailer bunks for the linemen that were just about ready to launch. Yep. About the only thing that needs is uh, the wiring. They got uh, all went through and learned the uh, cable steering on it. Yep. Um, that's uh, always a little tricky to wind that drum under the dashboard just right. Oh, yeah. Uh, so the engine turns the right way when you turn the wheel. You know, it's not turning the wrong way. Um, so yeah, lots of fun stuff, and and uh, hopefully. Uh, in about two weeks, that lineman will plop in the water. We'll have a splash. Cool. So, took the last IRS skiff off its mold today, uh, yesterday, day before yesterday. Yep. Um, so that was exciting. You know, one nice. step at a time. That'll go up on the website, I'm sure. I think uh, Megan, our admissions uh, lady there, she's got uh, she come out and took pictures of that one. Oh so, yeah. Taking it off the mold, flipping it. Yep. Well, that's good because July is probably our best boating month up here. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, put some seats in the dang things and some more locks and let them rip. Yep, let's try it out. So, <laughs> yeah. All right, Eric. Well, I'll let you get back to it. But uh, yeah, thanks for sitting and chatting. Well, we'll probably do it again uh, another time. Oh yeah, nothing I like better than sitting around talking about boats. Right, and uh, you know, I, I suppose uh, uh, if we end up doing this again, anybody hears this and they have questions. Uh, you can probably email Matt at... Uh, yeah, we're going to set up an email account, actually, that um, will be uh, for available that. for sending in questions. If somebody has a question that they want to ask of Eric or I or the school, it can be anything. I just ask that it be 
uh, boat related. Right. Do you have something that's broken that you want some help fixing? Um, advice on how to fix or, or how to find somebody or questions about um, our experience or something like that? That'd be great. We Restoration like, process, you know, uh, any, anything boat related. Yeah, we're happy to help. That's our job is to answer questions. So all day, every day. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll post a link to that email um, in the podcast listing. And yeah, ask us a question if you want. Have a good day. All right. See you, Eric. Later, Matt.